Thursday Finance, the first one for this year with Stephen Pritchard joining me, Jane Klein, and we're looking at setting you up for the year. Sounds good, doesn't it? How to look at increasing wealth and generally um, some good strategies to help you get through the year in good shape. We'll also have our market snapshot with Henry Jennings. And the Australian dollar, well, it's been a while since we've looked at that and Stephen will bring us up to date on that. Stephen Pritchard, welcome along for the year and a little later on we will be taking a look at um, how to make the year work for you. But first of all, there's been a bit of a a ride up and down about the Australian dollar. It seemed to be heading right down south uh, at the end of last year and rallying a little bit now. Oh, everything's been right up and down over, over, over the break, hasn't it, Jane? I mean, the, the share market was down 7% in January. So, yeah, I mean, the is just going to go up and down depending mainly on, on commodity prices, but, but I suspect that the long... And the forecast is still saying the long-term trend's down. Um, um, you know, there's lots of unfortunate things appear to be happening in the world. The price of oil continues to drop. The price of iron ore continues to drop. Um, China seems to be having some kind of uh, issues. Um, they've they've tightened up um, their foreign exchange control and restricting their capital outflows. So, so that's all got the signs of problems in China, which affects our export trade. So, um, you know, what this just shows, really, that really no one can predict where these these foreign currencies uh, are going to trade. I mean, there's too many variables and all these all these courses that are being sold. I mean, we did hear at one stage that because our economy was in reasonably good shape, that um, people were willing to invest here. Is is that not a good reason for people to invest in the Australian dollar? Well, the share market's not saying that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, they'd be investing here because the interest rates, the Australian interest rates are still um, very high compared to the rest of the world. I mean, one day over the break, it's all kind of merged together. Um, Japan's was selling government bonds at negative interest rates, so you're actually paying the Japanese government for taking your money off you. <laughs> so, And compared to Australia, you know, the long-term the long-term rates probably about two or three percent so you know that doesn't sound much difference but you know if you're talking you know a billion dollars that's a big difference in interest rates does make a difference well bring us up to date on how commodities have been going oh the commodity prices well there's been a bit of um there's been a bit of a move up in gold since the end of the year so that's up almost fifty dollars an ounce since uh, which which is, which is a generally you know if you believe the old story that gold's a, a, a safe haven I mean the price of gold says that things aren't going too well um, uh, silver was also up over over the, since last year by about a dollar an ounce which is which is about um, five percent so that's that's a fair move as well um, and unfortunately the the the, um, the the industrial metals such as the copper nickel and the tin they're they've all been um, they've all come down since the end of last year, so that that also says that there's weakening weakening demand. So the the, the copper price was sixteen hundred and forty seven dollars a ton uh, as of yesterday. Uh, the nickel price was eleven thousand eight hundred eighty dollars a ton, and the tin price was twenty one thousand dollars and seven a ton. Mm-hmm. And the currencies, well, they're all over the place. We're we're up against the US dollar. Um, today to um, 71 uh, US cents. Oh, it's uh, a while since we've been over the 71. Yeah, it's a while away. Um, yeah, just looking back here at uh, um, December, the end of December, we're at 72 cents the end of December. So. Mm. 
Um, but you know, in in the middle, middle of January, we're at sixty nine. So it's it's all over the place. Mm. Um, no clear trends, I don't think. And uh, the Great British Pound, we, we were down half a percent to forty nine pence. Um, the yuan, which is the Chinese, one of the Chinese country uh, currencies, uh, four point seven um, yuan. Um, the New Zealand dollar, dollar seven, uh, euro sixty four euro cents, which was uh, at the end of December was sixty seven. So the currency is drifting down against that, and the Canadian dollar um, ninety eight Canadian cents compared to a dollar at the end of June. So the only currencies in December, sorry, the only currency really going up against is the US. Okay, mm. Mm. all right. And is it time for us to look at something else that has been going up and down? Well, I'm trying to find. There's all this. <laughs> this is all this reading here. Um, the oil ordinaries was was, was down 1.4 percent last week, but as I said before, it was down 7 percent in. Um, uh, January, mm-hmm. um, I expect it's probably going to go up a little bit this morning because the price of oil improved overnight, um, but not by much. Um, uh, we'll ask Henry about that a bit later. Uh, the Dow Jones was up 2.4% on the week. Um, the Nikkei, which is the the Japanese thing, was uh, up 0.15, and the Hang Seng, which is the, the Hong Kong index, was, was really steady at 18991 Um The West Texas Indian crude was $42 a barrel, which compared to uh, the end of December was $51 a barrel, so that's dropped, um, hmm. yeah. So 20%, 20%. Price of so oil really has gone down. It's affecting uh, Santos's and BHP's profits, mm. um, and that's reflected in their share price. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be reflected in the uh, price of uh, the fuel in Newcastle, as Kyle Lades was mentioning a bit earlier. I mean, in Newcastle today, we're paying $1.13 a litre, and in Sydney, it's broken the dollar mark. It's down to $0.99 cents a litre, so we're... Um, 14 cents ahead, you know, 14% higher in fuel prices in mm. Newcastle and Sydney. Yes. I mean, if Lee's are interested, they should just probably ring up the oil companies and ask them why. Uh, <laughs> Get uh, an answer just like that? <laughs> sure you will. Um, but that's the only way you'll find out. And and the diesel price, there's a big differential in diesel price. I mean, um, you know, Newcastle is $1.19 and it's $1.11 in Sydney. It's interesting that the diesel price, I remember when diesel used to be cheaper than... Um, um, petrol, but now it seems to have turned around. It's up the other way. Probably because mm. there's more diesel cars on the road. Yeah, that could be it. Mm. And it's market snapshot time, Stephen Pritchard. And, we... and Henry's back with us. Hi, Stephen. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Henry. It seems a bit late to be wishing uh, you and listeners Happy New Year, but nonetheless. Oh, well, you know, they've, they've all been on holidays and we've been working and the listeners have been on holidays, so well, now we're back. Exactly right. We're back now. Well, that's right. We mean business. That's right, we hope. We hope. <laughs> yes. So, so, so what are you telling all your subscribers down at Marcus today about the oil and iron ore and coal prices? I mean, it looks terrible to me. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? We're certainly seeing some serious volatility. Um, actually, iron ore has not been too bad no. throughout no. all this. It's, it's been the one, if there is a shining beacon of light, um, it has been the one sort of shining beacon of light, but the oil price has been all over the place. It dropped 10% in two days and mm-hmm. then rallied 8% last night. It only has to have a mere sniff of some sort of uh, negotiation between the Russians or the Iranians and the Saudis or whoever else is, happens to be around on that day in the pub um, to, um, to actually um, perk the oil price up. So it's very, very volatile, to say the least, if you can pardon the pun when talking about the oil market. But it's, it's 
very volatile. We we certainly have been uh, avoiding resource stocks for some time, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we haven't been uh, we haven't had any resources in any client portfolios for a long, long time. Not even BHP, mm. um, and we continue to feel that way. There certainly there are some trading opportunities in these things because they do bounce quite hard and fast, and we're seeing that today with uh, you know stocks like BHP rallying nearly six percent. <laughs> um, so there's some there's some big moves here. Um, if you if you catch it right, um, you can do very well. But uh, the, the the trend still seems to be down in resources. There was an interesting development last night in terms of the U.S. dollar, which had its worst night in um, in seven years. Um, and of course, the strength of the U.S. dollar on the back of um, of rate rises in the U.S. has been predominantly one of the one of the reasons for uh, commodities being smashed. Uh, last year and this year as well. So if we do see a sustained weakness in the US dollar, then uh, we may get a recovery in commodities, which will obviously help our uh, economy and our resource stocks. And speaking of resources and BHP, mm. the dividend seems to be up and down as well. Well, <laughs> I think I think it's a dead set certainty that BHP are going to abandon their progressive dividend policy when they... Uh, Announced their results in uh, in a couple of weeks' time on the 23rd mm-hmm. of February. Um, they've, they've stated, or Jack Nasser, the chairman, stated uh, at the last meeting that uh, their balance sheet was the most important thing to them. Um, they had their credit rating downgraded a couple of days ago. Nothing particularly disastrous for them, but it just shows the pressure they're under and the, and the pressure their balance sheet is under. Um, and to go and borrow money to reward shareholders when the company is doing badly, does seem to be counterintuitive, to say the least, given that during the good times they were reluctant to reward shareholders. Mm. All they did was spend all that profit mm. uh, on ill-advised purchases of things like U.S. gas assets, which they bought at the, pretty much at the top of the market and now spent the last two or three years actually writing those assets um, down in value. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's somewhat concerning when uh, companies are borrowing money to pay dividends. I mean, their acquisition track record's not good. I mean, before that, there was Magna Copper and... Oh, it was a disaster. You know, you know, you know, Ravensthorpe. Yeah, it just, just goes you know, on. You wonder why... Well, you wonder how these, uh, you know, these, these managers of these businesses, these CEOs that are being paid millions and millions, you know, you go and buy a business for $20 billion, and then three years after you've left, it gets written down to virtually nothing. Yep. Um, you know, you just think, well, hang on a second. That is a colossal mistake. I get... An email from a from a subscriber if I if mm. I make a spelling error mm. if I, if I put right. a full stop in the wrong place and mm. here are these guys making twenty billion dollar um, you know, mistakes and then walking away with billions you know, millions in their pockets as yeah well. but, yeah the board would have approved it as well I mean who, yeah well they're all complicit that's yeah, the problem they should be thinking of resigning anyhow speaking of that um, Clydesdale Bank listed in the UK last night it did but I couldn't find the code on ASX today is it it is. It's slow trading today at 11 o'clock. The code is CYB. Okay. Um, it's trading on a deferred settlement basis yep. because I don't think anyone's actually got the physically, script. physically got the script in, in, their, in their computer share or, whatever, or their chess accounts. Um, but the stock is trading. The stock uh, was up 6% in London last night. It was issued at £1.80. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of do the maths um, and take an exchange rate, that's probably around $3.80 in terms of uh, Australian share price issuance, um, and they're currently trading at $3.99. So 
so they've had uh, they've had a, a, a quite a good start to life as an ASX listed company. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that continues or not remains to be seen. Certainly, we've been telling our um, our readers that um, you know if, if you bought NABs um, for um, for its domestic exposure and didn't really realise that you want you had a, a UK banking exposure as well, then uh, maybe you should uh, be exiting stage left with your um, with your new Clydesdale Bank shares. Uh, I'm, I'm no expert on the UK banking scene, and there's a lot of people that think it's very cheap um, compared to others. But you know, as far as I'm concerned, if if NABS is finding it too hard and wants to get rid of it, then really and truly, why would shareholders really want to hold it? Mm-hmm. Um, if in Australia anyway, I mean, it, it's different if you're a UK investor. Yep. But uh, as an Australian investor, not sure I'd really want to hold a UK bank, and if I did, it probably wouldn't be quite yep. Okay, um, and then we'll just uh, have a quick talk about ANZ and its Asian adventure, and then we'll have a uh, quick uh, song. So, uh, yeah, so ANZ's decided that it's uh, going to uh, scale back its Asian adventure. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. And, surprise. Uh, yeah, I mean, this has long been, I guess, derided by uh, market commentators and uh, analysts in terms of Mike Smith's great and grand Asian uh, push in terms of the strategy he had. No sooner had he left the building than it was completely sort of um, dismantled to mm-hmm. some extent, paired back, um, and ANZ sort of moving back towards their uh, their core business. So it's getting, I guess, harder and harder now to differentiate between the four banks. Um, you used to be able to say that ANZ had the Asian exposure, NABS had the UK and European exposure, uh, Westpac was, um, you know, business banking and CBA was retail, but it is getting harder and harder now to uh, to um, to work out the difference between all of them. So uh, it'll be interesting to see four of them now fighting in the same patch for the same slug of the same pie. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and I know CBA and NABs decided to to cut some home loans rates to compete against competitors. And yeah, we'll come well, back in. Actually, NABs this week put up. Um, some of their um, interest rates. While we were all discussing whether the RBA would cut rates, um, National Australia Bank actually raised rates on some of their short-term business and uh, agricultural loans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 oh, the only rates that are actually going down the home loan runs, the, the business yeah. rates have never been reduced. No. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, credit cards by very much. Oh, credit it? cards, there we go. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> 20%. How good uh, is that? Yeah. <laughs> How long has this been going on? Uh, so we'll be back in a, a minute, Jane. And Stephen Pritchard, we're in the middle of our market snapshot with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today Financial Newsletter, catching up on everything that's been happening. Yes, Henry. So the, 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 the shareholders at Fantastic Holdings seem to think that the company's not so fantastic anymore <laughs> and want to be bought out. I don't think that the, uh, the company's been fantastic for a long time, unfortunately. So, yeah, they seem to be losing... Um, Losing an awful lot of um, senior executives at the moment, um, and as you rightly point out, um, yeah, the investors want some answers about um, what is going on in terms of corporate governance. There, um, the chief executive's just recently gone. Um, yeah, it's it's not uh, not particularly good, and you know, when you get boards fighting and, and disruption, especially in these kind of markets, um, it's easy for investors to lose heart and uh, move on, and you can't blame them either. No, no, I agree. Yeah. And uh, and uh, speaking of losing heart, Aldi's uh, opened its first store in South Australia, and and apparently is going after Metcash's stronghold state 
of South Australian WA. Yeah, well, I mean, this this is where uh, Metcalf through IGA is very strong and very powerful, is in Western Australia and uh, South Australia. So it's going to be interesting to see how Aldi uh, uh, develop their brand across those two regions. Um, they're certainly very aggressive, and um, they've certainly made some pretty good inroads, as most people will know, mm. in, um, in the eastern states. So, um, yeah, watch out uh, Metcalf, which I imagine will be the, the first and easiest target, and then, of course... Uh, Yeah, I mean, I noticed a bit of cashier price has been has come up off of its lows. Uh, yeah, they've done better. I mean, all of these, um, you know, they got down to such a ridiculous mm. uh, cheap level. They're uh, they're back up to sort of a dollar seventy. Mm. Um, they did get down below a dollar back in uh, September, so they've, they've been a, a pretty good performer. But um, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what the figures um, figures mm. bring to see whether that's. Uh, that is real, or whether it's an imaginary um, lifting mm. performance. Mm. And Westf- Westfield's come out and said it's going to invest five billion dollars in, in additional shopping centres in the US. Yes. Um, well, obviously, you know this. This is their um, this is their big patch these days. Is, is the yep. US, um, and um, you know they see growth there. And certainly, if you look around the world in terms of the, the big economies that are doing okay, and uh, you know the US is is doing okay it's it's tepid but at least it's mm. doing okay so you would imagine there would be some uh, some good opportunities there for uh, for westfield mm. certainly mm. that's right and they seem to be putting more and more of their assets in the u.s yeah well i guess it, you know it's diversifying away from uh, from little old australia yep. which, um, yep. Yep. Is and... way of a lot of companies and um a lot of companies it's it's been a bit of a graveyard going overseas and mm. investing over overseas um Westfield's been one of the, the, the big, I guess, success stories in terms of uh, overseas investment, whereas we've seen uh, in, you know, just today with uh, Clydesdale and NABs how, uh, how spectacularly unsuccessful NABs have been um, with their overseas expansion plans and to some extent ANZ too. Mm. Remains to be seen with ANZ. Anyhow, Bega Cheese has lost the Coles contract. <laughs> yes. Yes, but they don't seem upset because they're now making um, uh, milk formula with Bellamy's, which uh, with uh, Blackmore's, yeah. which I suspect has got higher margin than unbranded cheese going into Coles in here. Well, you'd think so. I mean, I have to say, when I read this, they, they looked as if they had done their best to spin this in the best possible light. I mean, mm. losing any contract is never particularly good. Um, this would have been a, a relatively low-margin contract, I suspect, um, for Coles. And as you rightly say, they can now concentrate all their efforts on milk powder, which is a higher-margin product. Um, at least it is a higher-margin product from the people they provide it to. I'm not sure if it's a higher-margin product for Bega Cheese. Um, if you look at uh, Fonterra, who are one of the biggest mm. uh, producers of milk powder in the world uh, and New Zealand's sort of biggest export, um, you know, the milk powder prices and milk prices are still under pressure. Um, it's only when you take that milk powder put it into a nice tin, um, add some, some magic to it and make it organic or, or yep. um, call it baby infant formula, that it becomes really valuable. Yep. Um, as milk powder, you know, it's not quite as valuable as um, the magic tin. Yes, and you stick the Blackmore's name on, which is yeah, a trusted name. In, or in, A2 milk, or yeah, you stick um, pills and potions on it, and, it be, and it's yep. instant white gold, yep. as they now call it. That's so, right, um, that's right. Yeah, but uh, I think just milk powder is not that no. exciting. Yes, and speaking of uh, 
companies that could do with a bit of white gold is Shine Corporate and Slater and Gordon oh. seem to have further, further, further tarnishing on the Shine here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm astounded that there hasn't been a few uh, heads rolling at Slater and oh. Gordon. Um, it has been a disaster. Um, I think, um, you know, Shine is the other listed uh, legal company, and that seems to be following Slater mm. and Gordon into disaster territory. Um, you know, it's, I mean, their problems are different, but I guess it all comes down to the, uh, the probability of winning a court case, how many of those court cases you can get, and then what sort of settlements you get out of it. Mm. And I think, um, you know, maybe there's uh, somewhat of a change in the air in terms of those sorts of revenue streams, which mm. um, these guys are now just starting to tell the market about. I think that's right. That's, that's and, right. Uh, you know, I, I'm astonished that uh, the management of Slater and Gordon are still there. I, I think it's, you know, any, any CEO worth his salt would, you know, say, that, you know what, Mayor Culper, I've stuffed up. Um, I, I shouldn't have bought the UK asset. I should have done more research. I should have done more due diligence. And anybody that takes a share price from 8 bucks to 70 80 cents um, should be sacked by the board, in my opinion, yeah. in disgrace. I'm sure if they do sack him, he'll, uh, he'll walk away with some of those millions uh, of, of, uh, of monies that these CEOs get. But, um, yeah, he's done an astonishingly brilliant job so mm. far. Mm. Yeah, well, that's it for this week, Henry. So we'll speak to you next week and see, what, see what exciting things develop during the week. Well, certainly uh, it's going to be volatile, Stephen. I'm sure that's, that's the case. Yeah, sure that that's... is certainly the name of the game at the moment. So, uh, yeah. Good for traders. Thanks very much, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. It's always good to have him along to uh, see what's happening with our markets and keeping up to date. Stephen Pritchard's with us, and uh, it's the start of a new year, and I'm sure you're looking well, it's for It's the start some... of a new year for us. Well, it is. It is. <laughs> for the program. And it's a good idea to look at some strategies. It's to always a good idea to help to, your finances to, to think this you year. Your New Year's resolutions. New to, Year's to, resolutions to because it is still the new year pretty well. <laughs> yes, it's the new year. Uh, we're still in summer holiday mode, I think. Yes, I think we almost are. Some of it's us are back to business. And now, of course, if you've got a question you'd like to put to Stephen, give us a call. 49216216 is the number that'll get your question through to Stephen. But in the meantime, resolutions. Yes. Well, um, one of the first things that, you know, people always say that they, they have um, problems saving money. And the real reason is that I think what they need to do is they need to, to, to spend what they don't. So reverse the traditional thing. You, you spend what you don't save and not save what you don't spend. Right. So you don't look at the cups of coffee and the... The Fitbits and the all the other things. What you what you need to do is is you need to take out what you want to save first and spend what you spend what you've got left. Right. So how do you work out what you want to save? Well, well, what you want to buy. I mean, most people want to buy something. Work out what the realistic time is to take to get it, and and um and put that across to your um savings account. Like, you know, the simple thing at this time of year, people are still paying off last year. Some people are still paying off last year's credit card bill. Now, you know, if it's costing you a thousand dollars for Christmas, what you need to do is go and open a Christmas card account at um, you know one of the credit unions, neighbor credit union, or someone like that, and um. Yeah, you know, go and put your twenty dollars a week in there, and uh, before you go and spend on your coffees or your Fitbits, and believe me, you won't even notice. And at the end of the year, you'll have a thousand dollars. So next year, you won't be slaving away paying off your 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 Christmas expenses after. 
And similarly, you know, if, if you, you know, I always say you want to save, you want to look at saving 10% of your salary. So if, if you've got, a, if you're getting $1,000 a week, you need to put in $100 a week into your savings account and spend the $900 a week that's left. Are you talking about before or after tax? Well, it doesn't matter. Okay, you work it out for yourself. I, I, before, to after tax, right? After tax. After so tax, because the tax. And, and, but what really happens is most people spend their money and put it away what they've got left. And of course, there's nothing. Yeah, it doesn't always. It doesn't mean a lot. because there's this economic theory called the marginal propensity to consume, which basically says the more money you got, the more you'll spend. So you need to reverse that and save first. Right, become a big saver. Become a big, big saver. Big spender. <laughs> okay. And how, and how much does one cappuccino a, a day cost you? Oh, didn't we say about four dollars these days? Yeah, yeah, sometimes so, more. Yeah, so it's a thousand dollars a year there. Yeah. Uh, yep, good. Mm. And lots of people have uh, two and three. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's where all these or coffee make your shops. Own. Yeah. That's where all these <laughs> coffee shops are opening everywhere. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, yes, great. And it's also a good time to look at your um, investment portfolio to review that. Um, you know, particularly in light of the volatile market at the moment. Um, you know, Henry's saying that you know they, they they haven't got any resource stocks in their portfolios, but. But sooner or later, these resource stocks are going to look like a bargain price. So, so you know, um, no one can ever pick the bottom of the market. So, you know, it might be worthwhile thinking about putting a small amount into some of these um, resource stocks. If they fall a bit lower, you can put a bit more in. They're very big companies, a lot of them, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're not going to, you know, BHP is not going to, well... I can't say not. Uh, BHP, you wouldn't expect that BHK get, was actually going to go broke and the shares would become, become worthless. I mean, I think if that happens, you know, Australia's going to have major economic problems. And, you know, in the past, resources were always, you know, they go up and they go down. So sooner or later, these things are going to reach um, bargain basement price and you're going to look back and say, I wish I bought some. Yeah. So, so, you know, probably, you know, think about, Buying a few, um, and you know, looking at the price in six months more, and you know, buying a few more, you you, you wouldn't want to commit all your the money to it. But you know, I think you know, Santos, BHP, Woodside, Rio, all those big resource stocks are going to survive. Mm. Mm. Yes. yes. Okay. So don't. And of course, business. what we mentioned before is pay off your credit cards. Right. And you're paying huge amounts of interest on your credit cards. Yes. Most of them are eighteen or twenty percent, and and um. You know, if you work out how long you're going to take to pay off at the minimum payment, someone told me the other day it was, it was 20 years. It doesn't surprise me. Really? Yes. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So you want to pay the, the most you can off your credit cards, get rid of your credit cards, and then pay them off each month. Credit mm. cards are a great thing if you can... Um, 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 keep them under control. Keep them under control. <laughs> but if you've got long-term debt, on your credit card, you want to go and talk about getting it refinanced into a personal loan or something, and the interest rate will probably be half. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. And, then, and then get your credit limit put down. I mean, the banks are very good at giving you, particularly people who are, you know, keep paying their payments, very good at offering you increased uh, credit limits, um, you know, um, and, and that just gets you in more, you know, so... More yeah. trouble. More trouble. This <laughs> can yes. do anyway. So, yeah, just keep a lid on things, keep in other words. Yeah. Uh, things. 
Now, what about home loans and things? What should we be Home loans. About? Well, you know, you need to check on your home loans. I mean, a lot, a lot of people um, take out their home loan and then forget about it. So, so it's, it's not that hard to, to look at comparison rates. Now, uh, you know, a good trick that a number of financial institutions do is, is that they'll offer a lower rate for new home loans. And, and this really upsets me, right? You know, they'll offer a, a lower home rate for new customers than existing customers. So you need to check what you, what you, your, your current bank or home loan lender is offering. And if they're offering new customers a lower rate than the old loyal customers, you want to ring them up and tell them you want the rate reduced. You know, it's not fair that old customers have been probably paying the loan for four and five years and then someone else comes in and gets a lower rate. So you need to watch that. Um, and it's a well-established well practice that, you know, and and the costs of changing banks are very competitive, and you'll find that you can swap institutions for virtually no cost. So you want to, you you want to threaten to move if they don't reduce the rate. Right. Uh, so it's worth talking uh, to. Oh look, yeah, you know, on, on a half on a on a on a half on a hundred thousand dollar home loan, and uh, you say they're giving a half percent less on a new loan than it, that. That's that's costing you five hundred dollars a year. You know. Yeah. Mm. You know, Ten dollars a week. What's what's your cappuccino meter? Two and a half, <laughs> two and a half cappuccinos, and you know that's better in your pockets than the banks for the sake of making a few phone calls. But so just watch what the rates are on the new loans compared to the old loans. Oh, good thinking. Some good strategies there to start the year off. Now, uh, just next week we've got a special guest. Next week guest we've got um, Mandy Brown, who's going to join us throughout this year every month or so. So. Um, for uh, talk about, um, she's from the what's it called now? Department of Human Resources. But it's what like. we know as Centrelink. Yeah. Yes. So she's the financial services officer from Centrelink, and she's going to be talking to you or can can answer questions on um, question uh, you know Centrelink pension entitlements and and things like that. Excellent. So so she'll be along next week. Um, and uh, if you've got any particular questions that we need to do a bit of research, you know, you can just drop me an email Keep, and. Yeah. And uh, yeah. or Jane and Emma will yes. get Mandy prepared. <laughs> yes, sounds good. Okay, finance at 2NURFM.com should get your question through too. And that's Thursday Finance for today. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard.